Welcome from the City of Entertainment. You are listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. The only show that really gets personal with the stars. Partnered with Casino Player Magazine, a monthly gaming lifestyle publication with over 88,000 paid subscribers nationally, which now features LaFong's syndicated columns and backstage videotaped interviews online. Our website is LasVegasBackstageTalk.com, where the show is currently streaming live. Now, please welcome your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. Hey, hey, and we have another great show for you tonight. We have comic Tom Papa and Tony Butala, original founding member of The Letterman. So let's get this party started. On the line, we have 20-year stand-up comedy veteran, actor, writer, and television and radio host Tom Papa, who is bringing the laughs to the Suncoast showroom on March 20 and 21 at 7.30 p.m. Veteran, comic, Tom Papa. I hate people who have a longer intro than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. And you left out movie. <laughs> uh, you know what? I just, I'm, I'm all wrong. That's what I am. So you've done it all. You have done it all. I, I, if you had to pick, and you could only do one out of everything, which includes live stand-up comedy, which would you choose? Live stand-up comedy. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. You, uh, you're the real deal. You're the re any real comic will always choose that instant gratification live stand-up comedy where you know right away whether you're a hit or you're a miss. <laughs> yeah, it's the most fun. It's, uh, you know, being in a movie is fun because you get to... But the most fun part is, you know, you, the acting's pretty fun and telling people that you're in a movie is always cool. But it's just not as... You know, you, you're alone in your trailer and you shoot a thing and you go back to your trailer and it's it's kind of isolating but stand up is just you know look what other what other show can you go to where you're going to laugh every 30 seconds for an hour and a half it's, it doesn't exist anywhere else and it's just as much fun to do it as it is hopefully to watch it that is very true. Now, do you still have shows, like when you're booked, I'm not talking about corporate shows, um, do you still have shows where you're not getting those laughs every 30 seconds? You don't know what's going on. <laughs> very rare. Very rare. It's like, if, it's hap if that's happening now, it's because I'm working out something brand new, and it's, you know, it's, I've been doing it long enough where Maybe it'll go a minute, but it's not going to go much more than that. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I, I mean, it could happen. I mean, it, it's happened to me. It really has. Where I'm thinking, right. am I in the twilight zone? And then I, f I find out later that the crowd didn't speak English. Things like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you never know in this business. Now, you've had an exciting, <laughs> exciting resume here. I'm, I'm looking at this. And I love the fact that you have your own radio show uh, on Sirius XM. And it yeah. says Channel 99. You mean Channel 99 on TV? No, on Sirius XM. That's okay. The Raw Dog Comedy Network. Okay, good. Because now more and more people are getting radio shows that you could get on television, but you've, it's audio only. It's very weird. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. Mine is on a... Mine comes out three times a week on Sirius XM, 
And then also on Come to Papa Live, it's called the show's called Come to Papa. And if you go to Come to Papa Live, you can listen to all the archive shows online. Same with us. I, I love it. And you guys yeah. are the first radio show that gets as good guests as we do. I've never seen one yet, no matter who is hosting them, uh, that consistently gets great comics. Uh, you know, and, oh, yeah, and other. Now, do you get other, like, do you get singers and stuff like that too, or just com- comedians? No, I've actually been thinking about doing that more often, but I just, you know, I love comedy and I love comedians so much that I figured let me go through that first and let me try and mine all of that, and I haven't run out yet. I, I hear you. We've been doing this for four years. How long have you been doing uh, your radio show? Uh, I've been doing it for about two and a half, three years. Ah, and you haven't run out yet. I love it. I love yeah, it. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's uh, and I also do these live shows that are kind of like a Prairie Home Companion kind of show. And uh, that's fun to do also. Have you, like, sometimes I learn so much from talking to my guests and I get so inspired because they have a different point of view on things, on on doing comedy. Do you discuss the intricates of the -the behind-the-scenes comedy? Yeah, it, it depends where the conversation takes me. I don't really use any notes, and I just kind of go through whatever they want to talk about, so... You know, I spent a lot of time with Carl Reiner, and he really got into talking about writing and that kind of stuff. And then when I was talking with uh, with Alec Baldwin, he started going into the direction of talking more about, you know, being an actor in L.A. as opposed to New York. And whatever they want to do, I kind of, like, let them... If, if they're interested in what they're talking about, it's going to be a more fun interview, so I kind of let them steer the ship. Very cool. Say, so, yeah, I, I love it. So now, interesting to me is that so many comedians are really good actors, and you're one of those people. Now, my challenge always is lines, learning lines, and the fact that when you do comedy for so long, you're used to being able to just put your own spin on it, including the words. Do you have, has that been a challenge to you at all? No, no, it's, you know, it's, if you kind of, if you know what you're, look, when people talk about your comedic voice, and all that is, is being able to being confident enough just to be yourself on stage. And once you get, once you're able to do that, then you can do that in, in acting as well. I mean, you just, instead of using your jokes, you're using these lines, but you're still just being yourself and getting out of your own way. And I think that that kind of, that, I think that's why comedians are such good actors is because they, they're confident and they can stay in the moment. And even if it's someone else's lines, they can still convey who they are. Right. Now, now, Tom Papa, have you gone to acting lessons or coaching or anything, or was it just an easy transition? Um, no, I, I started out in, in college actually acting, so I had some experience in taking and studied acting for a while. So then I went into comedy, and so when it came time to call back on the acting thing, it was something I was already familiar with. 
Ah, I see. So yeah. now you've worked alongside some pretty pretty talented people, including yeah. Julia Louise uh, Dreyfus, um, and you've had a recurring role on that show. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what, what is it? Uh, new okay. New Adventures is Old Christine of Old Christine. Yeah. yeah. Um, how can you tell us? If Julia is the same as she comes off uh, on yeah. as a, as a character, yeah, she is. I mean, she she plays a little more frantic, I think, but she is she is she is that she's so quick. She can make any like when you look at the script and think, all right, well, this is my joke, so she, this is her straight line. That doesn't exist with her. She's so funny that every single thing she says is a comedic line. She's she's really I think of everybody I've ever worked with comedically, she's the most talented. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I mean she you could tell because she was the same way in Seinfeld, which now that we bring up Seinfeld, um Jerry Seinfeld handpicked you uh to host that show that I, I used to love and I'm sorry it's not on anymore. The mar what was right. it the Give me the name. Thank you. Thank you. It's a little early for me today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have days like this. Um, Yeah, that show was a lot of fun. That was really we had a good time doing that show, and and Jerry's been great to me. You know, I toured with him through Vegas uh, a bunch at Caesars. I I used to open for him, and uh, we did some TV stuff together. And he's, you know, you couldn't ask for anything better as a comedian. To be walking around and learning from Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, sure. I really, I think was, I think that was the biggest break of my career is really my friendship with him. That I mean, that is just awesome. I I don't know what more. Can you run things by him, or does he watch your show and then give you taglines? Or oh you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing worse than when he gives you a tagline and then he sees you again a couple months later and you're not using it. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling big time. Now, yeah. a lot of times when I've opened for people like Phyllis Diller, I had restrictions on me. Does he do that? Or, you know, yeah. no, you, you can no, do I, whatever? I, I think there's an unspoken thing that, you know, he doesn't want you to be dirty, but I... I'm not dirty. I don't think he works with people who are. I understand that. But he, but he's so good. He, whatever you want to do, just you, he just lets you go, and he's confident enough that it doesn't really. You can do the same subject, and he's really not going to. Yeah, it's not going to. It's not going to make him nervous at all. Right. See, I don't fault comedians that did put restrictions on me, Uh, you know, because I understand they don't want, you know, things to be redundant. And, you know, uh, I I understand that. If it's it's like something like crowd work or something where there's a finite amount that you can do. Exactly. But, I mean, I've had that open for me and do a subject that I do. And it used to bother me to think, oh, geez, he did that joke on fat people, and now I'm going to do my joke on fat people. Right. And then you get out there, and your joke does just as well. I mean, or yes. better. I don't think, I really don't think it matters. Exactly, exactly. And how much have you evolved 
with that attitude, I mean, did it take a long time? Because a lot of comics, you know, they get very superstitious. They think that, yeah. just like what you said, if a comic yeah, hit no, on I think, something. I think when you're younger, you think of, you spend, a, I think it's like anything that you get really good at. In the beginning, when you look back, you realize, well, I was worried about a lot of things I shouldn't have been worried about. <laughs> exactly. Know? So all, using all this energy to worry about what I was wearing or what the guy before me was doing or, or what the lighting was like or what this thing. And then at a certain point, you've done it enough where you just know the only important thing is for me to enjoy myself up there and keep writing new material and keep performing and keeping, keeping it fresh. And, and then the audience will like it. And that, other than that, all the rest is really just silly noise. Exactly. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with much more Tom Papa. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And you are listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. Plus, we are streaming live at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And all previous shows are archived at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Please visit our website. When you walk into Dr. Gary Lee's Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic in Henderson, you'll love the design. Created as an elegant refuge of beauty, peacefulness, and tranquility. If cosmetic surgery is not right for you, then consider what Dr. Lee and the Horizon Ridge Wellness Center can do for you. Dr. Lee specializes in Botox cosmetic wrinkle filters spider veins laser skin technology anti-aging wellness and medical weight loss at horizon ridge wellness clinic we help you look your best by giving you the inner confidence and strength to feel your best and to project this to the world call today 702-938-0190 or on the web at www.hrwellness.net The Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic Paradise Nail Bar is a new experience in service and atmosphere for full service manicure and pedicure services With two convenient Las Vegas locations we've expanded to a new facility in Southeast Las Vegas Eastern and Windmill as well as in Summerlin Come and enjoy our services at Paradise Nail Bar and Salon the finest in services for your salon and spa needs. Offering full-service hair salon, manicure and pedicure, massages and spa. At Paradise Nail Bar, we also do many petty parties for special occasions or any other reason you'd like. Have your party here with friends, beverages, and karaoke. Book now online 24-7 at paradisenailbar.com. Welcome back, and here's more of Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. Hey, hey, and we are back with comedian, veteran comedian, Tom Papa, who is playing at the Suncoast Showroom March 20 and 21 at 7.30 p.m. Now, Tom, what is your stand-up style? Who would you compare yourself to the most? I mean, everybody's unique, but you do one-liners, observational. Um, it's a little more observational, a little more uh, family. I guess, it's, I don't know, my influences were always, and it's also cultural. My influences are always Jerry Seinfeld, 
for the observational stuff, George Carlin for how we all kind of function in the world, and uh, and Steve Martin for just being silly and having a good time. Oh yeah. Uh, do you use any props? <laughs> no, <Keep> the mic. <laughs> I figured you're you're a true comedian. Is a solid, true comedian. So now, when you're doing your uh, your your stand up stuff, like I noticed that you still open for Jerry, right? Jerry Seinfeld. Um, I haven't in a long time. I like to try and get a date in at least once a year, so we can just go out and have a good time together. But we're both so I'm my stuff got so busy, I don't get a chance to go out with them. Oh, so do what do you do? Golf or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, just keep doing shows. Really? It's so funny. So many comedians golf. It's like, yeah. it's usually um, a good I guess. Know. I don't have the time. I've got kids. I've got a wife. I've got a career. It's like, where does the golf fit in? <laughs> well, you need the wife and kids for the material. Does it feed itself? Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, now, I see that you also worked with... Uh, Robert De Niro and Billy Crystal and Matt Damon. Um, anything you can share? A lot of uh, a lot of really good people. Yes. Um, Any personal basically. stories? Um, personal stories. Let's see. Uh, they're all such great guys. Um, I think you know the Matt Damon one is really funny. Go ahead. Do tell. Um, you know I worked with him on The Informant, and for that movie, he gained 30, 40 pounds, and he kept talking about how, uh, you know, and all the girls in my life were like, oh, Matt Damon, he's the sexiest guy in the world, we love Matt Damon so much. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's just, that's pretty great, so I get to the set, and I'm looking at him, I'm like, all right, he's got blue eyes, I didn't know he had that, <laughs> he's, I mean, he's, uh, but he's, he's, not, he's kind of like, you know. He's not that much better looking than me. <laughs> then we realized he put on a fake nose and gained 40 pounds for the role. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That is a great story. Yeah. I, I just love that. <laughs> now, off stage, did you get to hang out with Billy Crystal? I mean, off screen. No, no, I didn't. When I did that movie, the only person I was with was uh, Robert De Niro. We did the scene together. I was only in that, analyzed that for one scene. And, uh, but it was with De Niro. And the two of us uh, spent the whole time doing the scene together. And in between takes, he would always have a makeup person and a hair person come out. They would touch him up and make him look great. And then you'd do the scene. Then they'd come back out and do him again. And I had nobody because I'm just, you know, I'm just a young actor. Right. So I, kept ask so I just kept asking him, how about my hair? How's my hair? Mr. <laughs> <laughs> point is like, What's with this guy in his hair? He's really worried about his hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Do you have any... You've already had a couple of uh, Comedy Central specials. Do you have anything new coming up or anything you want to do? Yeah, I have... Um, I'm in this new uh, primetime game show for Fox that's coming out this summer called Boom. It's kind of like a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire where the consequence is if you answer something wrong, a giant slime bomb goes off in your face. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that's going to start up in uh, June, June 25th, I think, on Fox. Now, do you and get also, creative input in that? No, they that they already had the show. I think it came from another country and stuff, and they uh, they just 
hired me to come in and host it. Awesome. Yeah, it'll be fun. Then I'm also doing uh, The Nick, the new Steven Soderbergh show with Clive Owen that's on Cinemax that uh, people really like. I have a recurring role in that as well. Fantastic. Geez, yeah. you keep pretty busy. In this business, yeah, that is busy. that is a big thing. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it really is. You have your whole goal. Exactly. So, and you also keep up with the comedy clubs. How often do you try out new stuff and how do you do it? Do you do it a little at a time or, you know, do you do it in blotches? What's your... No, it's always, it's always evolving. You know, sometimes you have a lot more than other times, but there's every set I do, there should be at least a new line or a new joke that I'm working on. Otherwise, you know, otherwise you're just getting up there and reciting a Broadway play. I agree. I agree. And do you change the order on your stuff, too? Do you play around with that still, or is it what it is? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, once you have have it all, I just you just got to have the confidence to kind of let it happen and see what, what you're going to uh, what you're going to do next you know, things happen that's the beauty of doing these live shows is that stuff kind of happens in the moment and you know you have material that kind of supports that so then you can just go right into it and so try not to worry about the order of it too much sure but it does affect it's amazing how a slight little change can change the response on a joke oh yeah right that's what's so yeah that's what's fascinating about it it's you can't, nobody, it's, you, it, because you're dealing with live people and live energy, meaning the, the comedian and the audience, on every night it's going to be different. So the way the audience is listening to you, the way that you're delivering it, the temperature of the room, I mean, there's so many factors. That's the beauty of it being live. It's always going to be new and exciting and fresh, and that's what makes it a challenge is that you you really you do your best to try and get control of it so you can be, it can be flawless and great every night, but it's out of everybody's control. Exactly. And if you're just joining us, you're listening to comedian Tom Papa, who is going to be at the Suncoast Showroom March 20 and 21 at 7.30 p.m. And one of my favorite questions, Tom, to ask comedians is when you look back, everybody's had those you know, hell gigs that you just can't even believe and hell gig stories. And uh, Bill Maher had one of the funniest ones. Dennis Miller's had uh, just incredible. Can you think of your absolute worst nightmare hell gig from the past? Um, I did one time I did a, uh, a show in front of college students. And it was a show where you kind of showcase for all these college students around the country, and then they decide if they're going to bring it to their show or not. Yes. And and it did not go well. It, <laughs> it was in the it was in the afternoon. It was horrible. It was it just it really didn't work. And then the most humiliating part is after the show, you have to go sit in this conference area and make eye contact with these college students and hope that they ask you to come do your show. And nobody was coming. <laughs> they were just avoiding me. And finally, this one girl came up and said, I want you to start screaming. I want you to perform at my show, at my school. You have to come to my school. And I, I was so relieved that at least one person wanted me. <laughs> she, walked right by, she walked right by me and went up to a ventriloquist dummy who was standing at the other end of the booth and said, you're the greatest grandpa, whatever the guy's name was. 
And she, I thought she was coming for me. She was talking to a dummy. Uh, <laughs> it don't get much worse than that. <laughs> that's that's pretty sad. So you weren't in the age where they sent comedians to bars and KKK bars and um <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, back in the day, I when I was doing comedy, you never knew where the agent was sending you. I mean, they could they, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think they knew where they were that. sending you, I you think, know. Yeah, I think that's I think that's every Startup comedian's goal is to not perform in a bar. <laughs> a place where they're drinking and watching TV while you're doing stand up is not good for you. Exactly, exactly. What about cruise ships? Have you ever done those? No, no, I've tried to avoid those. That's as well. good. I don't like boats. That's good. I mean, it's not good yeah. for a career either. You know, to get lost on a ship. Exactly. Yeah. And it happens to a lot of great comedians where, you know, they get... It's hard to get to to an audition for a movie from the middle of the ocean. Exactly. How many auditions do you do? Do you do a lot weekly? No. No. Whenever they come up, it's kind of random. You know, it has to be something that you really would like to do also. Right. Well, you're based out of L.A. and New York, correct? Yeah, correct. So that's important. So you're staying relevant oh. in, in in the oh. business end of it, which is... Right, exactly. Yeah, oh, so important. Well, you know, I cannot thank you enough. This has been an incredible, incredible interview, and thank you for your honest answers, because they're not always honest, uh, believe it or not. <laughs> I know it's shocking. No, I appreciate it. It's, it's nice to talk to somebody that... That knows all about it. Yes, and and don't forget, Tom Papa will be at the Suncoast Showroom March 20 and 21. And you have you ever been there before, Tom? Uh, yeah, I think I was there once before, but it's been a while. Yeah, it's a great room and it's uh, such an intimate, you know, intimate room, but it's not small. And it's just perfect. I'm sure they're going to love you and... Uh, Great. Yeah. Well, thank and you so much. You, I really appreciate it. You are so welcome. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Tony Butala, original and founding member of The Letterman. We'll be right back, and you are listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFon. Plus, we are streaming live at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And all previous shows are archived at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Please visit our website. How would you like to create a whole new you? That's right. That person you see in the mirror every day, well, you can change how you look and how you feel about yourself by calling Hairworks by Janice Fusaro. Janice Fusaro is the Maserati of hair extension with over 20 years of experience and is the best of Las Vegas, specializing in great lengths and is certified by all the top hair extension companies. And feathers are available. Whether it's making your hair longer or thicker, Janice can make your dreams come true. Go to longhairextensions.net and see the before and afters. And then pick up the phone and make an appointment for your free, that's right, free consultation. Call 702-326-6564. It's a whole new you with Hairworks by Janice Fasaro. 
When you walk into Dr. Gary Lee's Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic in Henderson, you'll love the design. Created as an elegant refuge of beauty, peacefulness, and tranquility. If cosmetic surgery is not right for you, then consider what Dr. Lee and the Horizon Ridge Wellness Center can do for you. Dr. Lee specializes in Botox. Cosmetic wrinkle filters, spider veins, laser skin technology, anti-aging wellness, and medical weight loss. At Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic, we help you look your best by giving you the inner confidence and strength to feel your best and to project this to the world. Call today, 702-938-0190 or on the web, at www.hrwellness.net The Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic Welcome back and here's more of Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong original and founding member of the Letterman, who will be appearing at the South Point March 20 to 22 at 7.30 p.m. Tony Butala, do you remember me opening for you at the Mount Airy Lodge? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, how many years ago was that? Like a hundred, I think. It seems <laughs> like a hundred. Uh, do you remember that? I mean... Well, I remember doing the Mount. We did the Mount Airy Lodge many weeks in a year for many years in a row. So, as far as to say, I remember your act. I'd be lying if I did. Thank God. Okay, that's good. I'm glad because I'll tell you one thing. I do remember when I was backstage, I made a total fool out of myself, which is not uncommon for me, because I thought, you know, I was the comedian opening for you guys. And I thought (laughs) that I was opening for David Letterman because it said Letterman, right? It's a Letterman. So I didn't... You either don't know about a career or you don't know how to spell. Both. I didn't... You know, like I said, you know, I know your music for sure. And I laughed like crazy when I went to your website and... I saw the bio, and you guys were talking in depth about how you picked the wrong name. 
You know, uh, <laughs> and I think it's very funny because I'm sure that's not what you were referencing, that the David Letterman. That, David Letterman came along oh, 10 years after we had our first hit. Of course. Fact, David Letterman was at the Ball State University homecoming show we did as a student. And that's where I met my wife, who was the homecoming queen. This was down in 1968. Oh, wow. How do you like that? No, I totally knew your music and was familiar with your music. I just heard, you know, at the time it was uh, the rap agency. They said, you're opening for Letterman. That's what I heard him say. You know what I mean? We hear what we want to hear sometimes because I was trying to get on Letterman's show, you know? So I thought, oh, this is... And then I was dumb enough to be backstage and tell you this. Well, say what? You know, you, you're not too far off because Holly Rap with the Rap Agency, they could have said opening for Letterman because we dropped the the for about 10 years. When we first started, groups are called the four freshmen, the ink spot, the modern airs. How do you like that? You're absolutely Later on, right. Later on, people start dropping the thes and they just start calling themselves carpenters, eagles. They weren't calling themselves the the the, the anymore. Isn't that funny? Because I could have sworn he said you're opening for Letterman. Yeah, he probably did. Yeah, and so I was like trying to take it like, oh, I'm not too excited. Meanwhile, I just sent Letterman a demo tape, you know, the Letterman show, a demo tape. I was thinking, oh, this is perfect. Oh, my God. And then I get backstage and I'm like, where's Letterman? (laughs) And it was you. It was you that said... We were going to play the Laughlin Hotel, the Riverside, about 20 years ago, and there must have been some young uh, girl in the office because they have a huge uh, screen on top of their building with pictures and things. And so uh, we've been playing there for years. But I guess this new secretary, when she heard the Letterman, she put the picture of David Letterman on the shoes <laughs> at the Riverside. And we were driving in from L.A., and I saw this picture of David Letterman. When I went in there, instead of complaining, I said, look, do me a favor. Keep that up, because if that sign's up there, we're, we'll surely fill the show That's up. hilarious. That is hilarious. I, you know, it's true. You could capitalize on that. So when did you decide to put the the back into Letterman? You know, after the early 70s, about in the mid, mid to late 70s, when the, the groups were starting to use the, the thes again, the That's... Backstreet Boys, you know, and then so, uh, but, you know, it really was the, the name, the letter men, M-E-N, he, of course, is M-A-N. But uh, sometimes people misspell and call us the letter man. And in that case, I say, okay, which one of us do you want us to show up to do the show? And it's singular. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's too much. I, I, I just, there's so much opportunity for uh, misunderstandings in the whole thing. You know, I, I, I was looking at, your website, and we also, right before uh, we started this interview, we played, like, uh, all your hits, which took, like, forever, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. You know, now, um, in in your stage show, do you play all of them? 
No, it would be impossible. But here, there is a big rule out there. Do you remember hearing the phrase, you've got to dance with the one that brung you? Yes. Well, we all, we have to do our hits, but there's no rule that says we have to do it in their entirety because it'll take us two days to do it. So here's what we do, Michelle. We, we take the best parts of the songs, the chorus and a verse, and we condense all of the hits into medleys so we get them out of the way gotcha. with respect to the people that think. See, people that come in thinking that they want to hear hits, See, there's two things, Michelle. There's people who, they're recording artists, and then they're entertainers. Just because a, an act has a hit record, that doesn't mean that that act is an entertainer. Of it's course, that's for sure. And I think a lot of people realize that after going to see concerts. Yes, yes. And so what we do is we give them a taste of the hits, if they want to hear the hits, but then in the meantime, we prove to them that they came in to see something more than just, Three old pot bellied, balding, thing love ballads. So people have a image. They look at me, I hold my own as far as the looks department, and then Donovan Tune has been with me for 31 years. He's a tall, handsome, fantastic singer. He used to be the uh, production singer of the Lido show for many years. Oh, how do you like that? You know, I noticed, too, because uh, you also worked with, uh, you worked on the Ed Sullivan Show, and I'm the protege of Senor Wences. Did you ever work with Senor Wences? We did this show about four times, the Sullivan Show, and I believe one time he was on, but you'll have to understand this, and I think you do, but your listeners may not. That was a live show and they have different segment producers. And uh, our producer was doing us, and we came in there, all this lineup of talent. They had to make it like a you know, Chinese fire drill, because they only had so much stage time, uh, uh, you know, blocking time for the cameras, and people had different dressing rooms. Sure. We never just got around to hanging out and talking with the other guests. Oh, that's too much, bad. You know, that's too bad. Like the Lido, because uh, Wences worked the Lido a lot. Um, did you ever get to work with him there? No, we, we never worked with Toledo. Donovan T., who's been with me for 30 years. Oh, he worked it. He was the production singer there before he joined the Letterman. Ah, I see. So are there any original members besides yourself uh, with the Letterman? I know 30 years is a long time for him to be with you guys, but... The original, original Letterman. Are there any original members besides yourself? I see you just said it, so I'm going to make you uh, come back on your words. The original, original Letterman was Tony Butala, Mike Barnett, and Talmadge Russell. We opened uh, February 28th in 1958 at the Desert Inn Hotel in Las Vegas in a review that was entitled Newcomers of 1928. It was a big hit show in Vegas, and we played the part of the Rhythm Boys to travel with the Paul Whiteman Orchestra. He was alive and well then, so it was Buster Keaton was in the review, Kiki Dorsey was in the review, Billy Gilbert, the sneezing comedian, and uh, uh, Rudy Valley, this, this megaphone singer, and Harry Risman. It was a very, very successful show that played the, was held over and held over and came several times that year at the Desert Inn. Now, that original, original Letterman was not the Letterman that recorded. 
Brief that had not reported yet. Oh, that's interesting. So, so the ones that recorded uh, were any of those original members. Let me give you another example. Jim Pike and Bob Ingerman were with me as the original Letterman to record. Now, we recorded several albums for Capitol, several hit records. In 1966, Bob Ingerman, he decided to leave the group and where he went to Provo, Utah, and worked for the Mormon Church until his death about two years ago, 48 years. So when, when Bobby left the group, we replaced Bobby with Jim Pike's younger brother, Gary Pike, and we continued having hit records. Oh, okay. Jim had a voice problem in nineteen early 70s, so we replaced him with his other younger brother, Donnie Pike, and continued having hit records without breaking up. So if you're from 60 to 66, your original members who <laughs> discovered us then would be different than the people who discovered us in 67 through 72. I say People who discovered us after 72, their original would be different than the other two, quote, original groups. Gotcha. So uh, I, as a comic, I have to ask you, what was Buster Keaton like? Oh, man, what a wonderful... He was already in his middle 60s probably then, and I did a... a, 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 a a scene, a comedy skit with him was a dueling scene with with uh, Big Paul Whiteman. He was adorable. I used to go into his room every day before the show, about an hour, and wrap a twenty foot long cummerbund around his little waist, and that was used in a skit where I pull him back from shooting uh, Paul Whiteman on stage, and he would swing like a top upstage. He twist around, twist around downstage, and here's Mark center front stage with his little pistol and pointed to the nose of the patron and pulled the trigger and a flag would come out and say, bang. Wow. <laughs> he was energetic, he was funny, he was natural, he was sweet, he was just an amazing human being. Oh, that's great. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with much more Tony Butala of... The We'll be right back, and you are listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFon. Plus, we are streaming live at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And all previous shows are archived at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Please visit our website. How would you like to create a whole new you? That's right. That person you see in the mirror every day, well, you can change how you look and how you feel about yourself by calling Hairworks by Janice Fusaro. Janice Fusaro is the Maserati of hair extension with over 20 years of experience and is the best of Las Vegas, specializing in great lengths and is certified by all the top hair extension companies. And feathers are available. Whether it's making your hair longer or thicker, Janice can make your dreams come true. Go to longhairextensions.net and see the before and afters. And then pick up the phone and make an appointment for your free, that's right, free consultation. Call 702-326-6564. It's a whole new you with Hairworks by Janice Fasaro. 
when you walk into Dr. Gary Lee's Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic in Henderson, you'll love the design. Created as an elegant refuge of beauty, peacefulness, and tranquility. If cosmetic surgery is not right for you, then consider what Dr. Lee and the Horizon Ridge Wellness Center can do for you. Dr. Lee specializes in Botox. Cosmetic wrinkle filters, spider veins, laser skin technology, anti-aging wellness, and medical weight loss. At Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic, we help you look your best by giving you the inner confidence and strength to feel your best and to project this to the world. Call today, 702-938-0190 or on the web at www.hrwellness.net The Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic Welcome back and here's more of Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong Hey, hey, and we are back with Tony Butala of The Letterman. And don't forget, they're going to be at the South Point, March 20 and 21 at 7.30 p.m. And they're going to be doing their hits and a whole lot more. Isn't that true? Yes, by the way, let me correct you. We're going to be there Sunday also. You are? 20, 22nd, and 21st. Why did it take you this long to correct me? <laughs> People love correcting me. I never correct my elders. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, <laughs> so yes, we. Uh, I'm going to have to, uh, uh, you know, we're going to have to fix that. Okay, so I'm glad to hear it because most of the time, I didn't even, you know, double check it, but most of the time when the act at the South Point is there on a Friday, they are not there on the Sunday. It's usually we, Friday. This is, our seventh, this is our seventh year there, Michelle, and we do so well. We sell out every show. And the thing about it is that uh, we, 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 they've expanded us to three days about three or four years ago. How do you like that? That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I love that room too, the South Point, because it's 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 big, but it's not too big. It's it's still intimate. It's an intimate showroom to work, don't you think? Yes, that's a good thing about it. you. Just hit the nail on the head. It's large enough, but yet it's still configured in an intimate way. Yes, uh, you know, I I love that. So now, you know, as a singer. When when you're, you know, as you get older, I noticed a lot of singers, they just can't hit the notes anymore. But you guys, I know, just seem to be either the same or, if anything, better. How do you do that? Well, I, I never did a drug in my life, and I don't drink hard liquor. I'm a wino. I make wine, grow grapes and make wine, and uh, I don't hang around with wild women. (laughs) So you think, I don't see how wild women can really make the difference on your voice. (laughs) uh, Sometimes it helps. That's right, sometimes it helps. But, like, do you have any uh, trick? Like, do you do any kind of vocalizing or... uh, like how how does it happen that so many singers lose their upper registers? Well, I think they probably have bad habits. See, I never talk in a crowded room. When I go to uh, my beloved Pittsburgh Steelers foot 
football games, I pretend I'm screaming and shouting. I'm actually faking it. I'm doing a lot of hand clapping with my mouth open. But that could do more damage to your voice than singing. Because when you sing on stage, you're singing correctly. But when you're talking and partying and screaming and yelling, you're really using your voice in a way that wasn't intended to be used. So I'm very careful with it. And uh, but I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I just I guess it's not... Uh, not too much drinking, really, and too much late night talking. I think it's just, uh, it's my livelihood, so I protect it like my Stradivarius. I'll bet. I mean, now, when I was uh, interviewing Clint Holmes, he told me that he does it by continuing to work with a vocal coach. Do you do that, too? I don't work with a vocal coach, but you hit the nail on the head again. you I got to vocalize. You can't just get up from a, a meal at one of the wonderful restaurants at the South Point, and you can't just yeah. go on stage after a glass of wine. We don't drink till after the show, and I don't eat. See, uh, I eat about three hours ahead of time because food in your stomach uh, it takes away from your support. Yeah. And so you really have to be careful and do your, you have to be exercised physically in good shape as well as vocally. You know, it's interesting, as a ventriloquist, I have the exact same issue. Uh-huh. The same thing, you know. I never noticed that it was three hours. I never put a time to it. But, uh-huh. you know, it's good to know that it's three hours. I just knew that there was a, a, a certain time period that I just wasn't comfortable eating before, you know, because it, I didn't have the same power that yes. I did. You know, so I, I totally hear you. It's very funny how similar um, being a ventriloquist and being a singer are, which is why Terry Fader, if you've ever seen him. Um, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Clint Holmes is one of the greatest. Right, exactly. Exactly. So that's why he's able to do it as well, because it's, it's like a very similar art. You know, uh, singing and ventriloquism, because it's all from, you're doing it from uh, the diaphragm. Yes. You know. And actors, actors on stage in New York, the Broadway stage, they have to project, even though they have new sound systems and microphones, it's still, uh, they have to project their voice. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, now I noticed on your website that you have toured with George Burns, Jack Benny, Bob Hope, Bill Cosby, and uh, performed on bills with Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra, Jackie Gleason, Jerry Lewis, Dean Martin, Jimmy Durante, Debbie Reynolds, Sam Cooke, and Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, my God! <laughs> now... You know, being a comedian, they like to pair you with musical acts. Well, we're just the opposite. Since we're the musical act that had a lot of hit records, they would pair us with the great stand-up comedians. We'd open the show for them. That is great. I mean, now, you've got to fill me in. One by one, we've got to get to. George Burns, what was he like? George Burns, was when we first met him, he was a very quiet man. He had just lost Gracie Allen a few years earlier. And uh, he wanted to give up show business. She, she was his life. Oh, yeah. Depressed. And Irving Fine, one of the most brilliant personal managers in the world, also uh, was a personal manager to Jack Benny. They were good buddies. So Irving Fine kept on, and Jack said, come on, come on, George, you got to get out of your house in Beverly Hills. You got to do something. 
keep with your, because if you don't use it, you lose it. Get out there. So they put a review together for him that was a replication of his TV show. And they found back in the early 60s, there was a girl named Dorothy Provine who uh, had a, a busy TV series called The Roaring Twenties. So they hired her to be the gypsy blonde in George's Act for Vegas, and they hired the Letterman who had records to be the sportsman quartet that were regulars on the George Burns show. They used to do bantering back and forth with uh, with his old songs, Roaring Twenty songs. So that's why they hired us. And so by, by that year, by that year, uh, George came out of his uh, drudgery, his, his uh, doldrums, and working on stage again, he, I saw the transformation to a happy fellow once more. Interesting. So uh, now you know all the uh, controversy around Bill Cosby. Now, how shocked were you when that came out? You know, it's like anything else. A man can live his whole life doing millions and millions and millions of good deeds, and which he was, a wonderful man. And uh, for, them, for people to find, even before it's proven, to jump on the bandwagon and want to condemn this man, here again, the people like to be titillated. They like to titillate him. They don't like to talk about what's normal. If I'm talking about Bill Cosby, I'm going to talk about the hundreds and hundreds of times we worked with him for several years. My little kids, I'm here at my daughter's house uh, here in L.A. When my kids were little, Cosby would come in the backstage and he'd play games with them on the dressing room floor, take them for horsey back rides on his shoulders. He was just a, a wonderful gentleman, went to dinner many times, and I played tennis with him a lot. And never, never once was I ever inclined to believe this man was an, an upright, honest, wonderful man, family man, and, and a human of spirit. Right, right. So, uh, in other words, he never tried to slip you a Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> no. He wasn't. Hey, we can go down that line. You know, I want the comedian always comedian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because, you know, I interviewed Bill Cosby also, and, you know, I, I'm almost, uh, you know, upset that he didn't offer me a drink or anything. <laughs> It's like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> I've seen Bill Cosby on stage. He'd come out after we did our 30 minutes. He'd walk out on stage with a, a, a chair and a microphone. He would sit down in the center of the stage and enter and throw that audience with just his voice sitting on a chair for over an hour. Now, that's real talent. Oh, yeah, and backstage, too. He just, he was even funnier and more entertaining backstage because there's no limits to what you could do. You know, it's not like on stage you have to, you know, keep it a certain way. And he was hysterical, absolutely hysterical. Um, but all these other people, like uh, even... Um, um, let me see who uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Nobody has a bad thing to say about him. Uh, I'm sure that includes you. Well, you know, Will Rogers said it all. Will Rogers once said, "I've yet to meet a man I didn't like." And the thing about it is, why did he say that, Michelle? He said that because if in your mind you have the thought that every person you meet, you look them in the eye with a loving, loving attitude, you're going to get back what you uh, 
what you put out there. So I've expanded. So instead of looking for the bad in people, you might find it. But if you look for the good in people, I, I, I've expanded what Will Rogers said. Not only have I met a man I didn't like, I've never met a city I didn't like. I've yet to see that a state I didn't like, a country I didn't like, a food I didn't like is bad for my diet. But, you know, I'm really a Pollyanna, a bad interview, because I don't say anything controversial about anything. Oh, well, you know, I'm sure that nobody has a life that is just perfect, though. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, we all have our trials and tribulations, you know. I don't want anyone listening to think that it's just them. (laughs) (laughs) Because then we're going to have people committing suicide left and right. (laughs) I'll tell you a good story about Sammy, a true story. After the show, when he was single... I believe that a long time ago, when he'd do his show, he'd go up and down the strip with a couple of his musicians, and they'd look for lounge group singers that were good. And I was with a lounge group called Eddie Lawrence and the Whatnots. I was a whatnot. <laughs> but then he came in about 3 o'clock in the morning on a, one of our middle sets, and uh, after the, he said, Boy, you're a pretty good singer. Why don't you guys come over? I'm having a party. And by those days, the uh, Sahara had little bungalows in the back by the uh, golf course for the celebrities. So he did, Sammy invited me, and of course there were two girl singers in the show. I brought them along, and uh, we had a really great time uh, with Sammy. He'd host open bar. He knew the young kids that didn't have a lot of money, and in the middle of the night wouldn't have anything to do. So he was such a host, and he'd come up to me, and he's a little shorter than I am, but he'd, you know, he'd bend me down, and he'd put his nose against my nose, and he said... I don't care about those good-looking guys with just tall snozzolas. They can't go straight in like we can. Wow. For, for the kiss. Yes, <laughs> so, yes, that's great. So he was just a brilliant, wonderful guy. That's great. And, well, we're out of time for this segment, and I we didn't even get to say something about Jackie Gleason really quick, because I, I love Jackie. We did a show at the... At the uh, What's called down in Florida, the bowl down there, the big bowl, citrus bowl down there, the orange bowl. Right. 104,000 people in the audience. And we were on the bill with me and uh, the girl with the, the orange juice girl. And uh, Jackie came out there on that stage to introduce us. And it was like he was walking on water. I've never heard such a hush. 104,000 people. It was like they were in church out of respect for this man. How do you like that? Well, he was, I mean, just, in my opinion, just one of the best out there. He just made me laugh like nobody else. Tony Butala, original and founding member, The Letterman. Catch them at the South Point, March 20, 21, and 22 at 7.30 p.m. Thank you so, so much, Tony. It's been years and years and years, but I'm glad you didn't remember that ridiculous, are you, David Letterman? <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll Michelle, and I'll always remember your name from now on, and uh, let's get together when we get to Vegas. Absolutely. You got it. Thank you again. Great interview. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. And that's it for this week, and we'll see you next time. You have been listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFon. 
where you can listen in on those inside conversations and backstage stories with the stars that make Las Vegas the entertainment capital of the world. We are streaming live every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Audio of past shows are archived on LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Videos of backstage interviews are also on LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. And we are available on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk.